and welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm your host today, Austin Williams. I hope your ears are doing okay after that somewhat aggressive introduction. That was the end of the work Swan by Marat Cholak and performed by Ensemble Dal Niente. Dal Niente has an album coming out this week called Object Animal. I had the pleasure of interviewing Emma Hospelhorn and Ben Melsky of the Ensemble. Here's what they have to say about the process of making the album and their experiences. It's really great to have you both on here. I'm joined with uh, Ben Melsky and uh, Emma Hospelhorn, um, and I'm here to talk about Ensemble Dal Niente's new album, um, Object Animal, or is it Animal Object? I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're right. You had it the first time. Awesome. Great. Uh, I like to ask this whenever there's kind of an interesting name. Where did that come from? Uh, we were <laughs> we were throwing album names around, and um, you know we thought about doing the sort of standard thing where you do the three composers' names and just have it say Ensemble Dolmiente, mm-hmm. Parker, White, Cholak. But then we uh, uh, we were just thinking about the, the kinds of music that is on this album and how it. I think that one specifically came from this sense that a lot, a lot of um, moments in this music are really about a tension between organic and sort of processed sounds. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and so that's where that came from. Yeah. Uh, that's a through line that I found in all the, the pieces that were shared with me um, is that you get these um, incredibly like visceral, moments that are um kind of manufactured in a way and then you have these more um uh, subdued um moments that uh that kind of accompany it so um especially on the i mean i think it's really apparent on a lot of them the jeff parker piece which the name of that is escaping me right now water on glass that's right water on glass um that one specifically, I think, is a bit more subtle, um, and I—you almost have to be wearing headphones to like feel it. You get this like a lot of bass going on, and like this like kind of like feedback, uh, like it's like a no input mixer feedback kind of thing. And then the ensemble is orchestrated so beautifully to kind of accompany that.
was that was the Jeff Parker piece a bit? Um, do you have to take a bit of a different approach when you guys were kind of configuring it, or? That, yeah, that that's an interesting question because um, all of these composers are are so different, you know, and they every composer always has a different way of working. Uh-huh. Um, but the process with Jeff was super collaborative. You know, that's maybe a thing that he's been known for. Sure. Um, like, you know, over the course of his career. And I mean, maybe Ben can speak a little more to this as well. But um, with him uh, and with his piece, sort of that one arose, he was in the room performing it with us. Oh, okay. With us, and it actually changed form a few times, just a little bit over the course of that process. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, it was, it was a, a process of exploration that was really fun cool cool um yeah ben do you want to say a few things on that yeah um on that point so lj lj and marat's pieces are um i would say maybe like very highly specifically notated in terms of like Mm. the sounds and stuff okay um of course they sort of branch off into different things like in marat's piece you have um, this kind of microtonality that mm-hmm. evokes a kind of out of tune karaoke singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in LJ's piece, you have, you know, highly notated beer can hits on the harp. So okay. it's like very specific, but the the sort of the effect is um, something that is evocative of like, you know, you might not necessarily think of extremely highly academic you know, music. Um, in Jeff's piece, it was more collaborative because we did a lot of like layering of the sort of sounds and timbres on top of the piece after the notation was sort of given to everybody. Oh, okay. um, this is one of the early, this is, I think, I think this is the earliest piece on the program. It's 2016. If I could be wrong. Um, okay. album. And we've, we've sort of developed it each time we've approached it. So okay. when when you look at the notation, the notation is, is very open. So you see, um, of course, notes for people to play, but there's a lot of um, gradations and and color effects and timbral things that are added into each sort of like vertically blocked chord that the orchestra is doing. Wow. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because it's actually the biggest ensemble um, of the three pieces. It's like got 13 people in it or something, and it's got a full string section, and you've got five winds and you've got harp and you've got vibes and you've got piano. Um, and so you have all of the sort of forces of the ensemble working towards a very specific color that changes pretty dramatically, um, throughout the piece, which is really interesting. Um, so I think that the approach is, you know, it's, we do kind of things like on a case by case basis, but uh-huh. in that case, it was very collaborative. We'd, we'd Think about what Jeff was trying to do with the synth, because um, there's these like pulsations that happen with different frequencies in mind, uh-huh. and try and match things and contrast and do things with dynamics. So it was um, as exactly as Emma said, it was a very much a development together sort of process. That's so fascinating that um, 
it's not uh wasn't like specifically orchestrated because i was as i was listening to it i was thinking like wow like the 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 way that these um sonorities are orchestrated seem very intentional and very like deliberate in how um they sound and what instruments are playing what you know which note and each uh you know as you describe it his orchestration is deliberate. Oh, uh, okay. To clarify. okay. Like, yeah, he, he definitely, you know, flute, flute where the flute is, bass where the bass is. Okay. The, the, I would say the other, the other markings you would put on a score, right? Mm-hmm. Like whether you're going to put a, a flutter effect on a thing or what, how the dynamics are shaped. Mm-hmm. That was more where we, um, where we got uh, pretty creative and cool. did a bunch of different tried a bunch of th- different things and, and sort of together we, we chose what we liked. Yeah. I mean, it sounds great. Um, you, you really nailed it on that one. And I mean, all of them obviously, but, um, hey, that thanks. one, I, I think that one really just stood out to me the most. And then, um, the one that felt like, so the other two kind of felt like a roller coaster ride to me. Cause you're, you're kind of thrown into just these different worlds. Um, especially, uh, Marat's piece. Um, you just, you start with like these, like, morsels like this microtonal stuff going on and then you just like are bombarded by this wall of sound from this synth for a while and then it just kind of goes from i don't know it's just like the places and it's all coherent it's all connected none of it seemed like out of left field murat is is just such a unique composer and uh that piece i remember when we first performed it uh which that was a while ago too, right? That was 2017, maybe. Um, yeah, it was Frequency Festival. Okay. Yeah. Um, sometime around then, I think. Yeah, but uh, it just there. There's an epicness of scope to that piece, um, and it's also joining. You know, Marat is uh, an accomplished new music composer who is also an accomplished electronic musician, um, and. I've never played a piece before that joined those two worlds in this way. It was really, really mm-hmm. interesting experience. Thank <laughs> you. 
Yeah, he yeah. he said he said something. Oh, sorry, Ben. Oh, um, I, I was gonna say I feel like one of the things that I love most about Murat's piece, which is a bit of a departure from a lot of electroacoustic music that we play or just that one hears, is like I feel like the the ensemble and the electronics have a really interesting relationship. Like. Um, hmm. Uh, one of the things that Murat says in his liner notes is like the electronic part can't exist without sort of the humanness of the, the the musicians playing, and the musicians are playing things that are precise and they're they are written out in such a way to sort of like I mentioned before in one section like evoke this sort of like out of tune, slightly inebriated karaoke song, but at other times they're playing sort of mechanical. They're sort of going mm-hmm. along with the electronic music, um, and it's really just it's a it's a wonderful dimension and i think that the relationship is set up in a really engrossing and um and nice way it's just it's like i feel like it's very honest about the electronics and it's also very honest about what the ensemble is doing at, itself like as a sure. bunch of human players playing instruments using strings and and their breath and and you know banging on stuff like there's a yeah like a curl thing that the percussion yeah. it's great yeah. it's just a really fantastic way of putting electronic music and um and notated you know contemporary music performance together it's i mean it's clear like he has he has a lot of respect for both worlds virtuosity and like an electronic music space is like a weird thing to talk about but like it's clear to me that he's like aware of that um and respects it and then on the other side with the acoustic instruments and you, you need the you need to understand both to like really um, connect the two, I think. Otherwise, yeah, it really becomes this superficial, you know, yeah. thing. That, that was actually one fascinating moment in uh, putting that piece together and rehearsing that piece because, he, as you say, he has such a deep, not only a deep knowledge of both of those spaces, but the way he combines them. At one point, he said to me, because the flute, there's a, a section where the flute is changing timbre slowly along with some of the other instruments over mm-hmm. the course of a long time. And um, he, you know, you sometimes when you're working with a composer, you're asking them, well, what what is my what is my goal here? And I remember he said, he's like, what you're doing is an acoustic version of a ring modulation that hmm. I would normally do. And so um, there's this magic here he's creating in this piece where, um, you know, the, the orchestral instruments are sometimes doing things that you would normally think of as, as, you know, processing, electronic processing. And I think that's really beautiful.
So these are all works. So these aren't uh, premieres. These are all works that you guys have been working on for a few years now. Um, what kind of prompted getting them? It, was that kind of the impetus for making an album? You guys just kind of had a, a pocket of pieces that could do it or? You know, the impetus for making an album can come from a lot of different ways. Oftentimes it comes from like you've sort of collected music that you think kind of goes together and that's kind of how it starts. Mm -hmm. And I think that's more or less how it started in this case um, with the sort of added ingredient of like Del Niente has a history of doing cross, I'm going to say crossover as like a word to encompass all kinds of music that sort of reaches into different disciplines, um, not just like non-classical music, but mm-hmm. other stuff. Um, and these pieces kind of fit the bill um, in that way. So we, uh, our last kind of like crossover-y thing would have been our Deerhoof collaboration um, five years ago, six years ago. Mm-hmm. And so this seemed to be kind of in that line, um, maybe another step. And so that's kind of where these things kind of came from. Got it. Yeah, I mean, they... I. It's clear to me that they're related in some capacity, um, and they they really do work well together. The the pieces that I've heard, so I'd imagine the rest of the album is also going to be in a similar aesthetic or vibe. Um, the L.J. White piece is really evocative in a lot of ways with the, with the vocal uh, vocalist uh, being presented in there. Um, who was the vocalist on that track? I'm just curious. Uh, there's two. There's Amanda DeBoer Bartlett and Carrie Shaw. Okay, great. Yeah, I mean, that was, um, I guess I listened to them out of, I don't know if there's a specific order, but I listened to that one last. And so I guess it caught me off guard a little bit when I was like, oh, there's there's a voice on this. This is great. Um, and wonderful horn solo as well. Uh, but there's, I mean, again, the, the, the Marat piece, I, it was kind of a roller coaster. I, I thought this one was as well. You, you go to a lot of different spaces and um, connected very well um, and uh, kind of bubble up. Um, and then uh, great uh, feature of the guitar as well, I want to say in there. No? Yeah. Uh, there's no guitar. <laughs> really? There's electric bass. There's, there's electric, electric bass. Electric. Okay, got it. I, I wasn't sure if it was uh, oh. if it was a guitar or an electric. I know there's a harp, and uh, which kind of fooled me for a second because the electric bass and the harp kind of have a, a yeah, moment. I think where, yeah, you might be um, thinking of there's like a part where the harp strums with guitar picks. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that plus the like low electric bass harp stuff. The harp does not obviously sound like itself a lot of the times (laughs) no i mean it's great um and the text for it's i mean i thought it was kind of funny i i know it's supposed to kind of be evocative in a way but like i also was kind of chuckling when i was listening to that Mm -hmm. yeah i just absolutely love lj and his writing i mean lj is just one of the most flexible composers around i mean um the premise for this Commission, which was written for the Des Moines Civic Music Association for a gig that we did there, I want to say 2017 or something, um, was like kind of a ridiculous premise. Um, and LJ's always just like, okay. Um, and then comes up with this really creative, wonderful uh, music. So the premise was, first of all, the instrumentation is just the most bizarre thing on the planet. So mm-hmm. you have singers, you have saxophone, mm-hmm. horn, harp, electric bass, cello, violin. Um, and LJ sort of augmented that with 
a lot of times the horn is playing with a t-shirt in the bell. Um, the harp is hitting the strings with the beer can. There's like vibra slaps and other flexitones going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other premise was to like think of some way to relate to an, an audience in Iowa. And so LJ picked um, this uh, wonderful singer-songwriter, Christopher Ford, who goes by Christopher the Conquered, whose music is wonderful and has excellent really just fantastic lyrics and I've been totally digging his stuff. And so um, the piece is based off of this piece called I'm Not That Famous Yet and mm. borrows a lot of lyrics. Um, and I think maybe is uh, looks at other pieces of Christopher's as well. And so you get this wonderful, you just have this like lofted um, vocal sort of part that feels Emma and I were thinking about what we, how we're going to describe it. And we came across dreamy and mm. um, we loved it as just a describer because, or as a stripper, because it, it does feel that way. It feels dreamy. It feels sort of a little bit um, detached from the groundedness of everything else that's going on, which is this kind of like grungy uh, asymmetric groove that feels a little garagey kind of thing. And it's just a wonderful, um, colorful, excellent setting of text it's a playful piece it's like rude and fun and just the instrumentation is great it's just a great solution to a very strong premise for a commission Thank you.
You just heard the work We Don't Eat Dead Things by L.J. White, performed by Ensemble Del Niente. This album is released this week on March 25th, so be sure to support and check it out if you like what you just heard. This concludes our programming for today on Relevant Tones. I'm your host, Austin Williams. Relevant Tones is a production of Access Contemporary Music, a nonprofit organization with the mission of bringing musical creativity to life every day. Find more at acmusic.org.